Mana 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 this is social disgusting welcome to social disgusting a podcast where my guests and i discuss our lives amidst the wanton hellscape in which we find ourselves i am brandon aka brandon hope you're well my guest is an actor improviser and writer who's been in a great many things including but not limited to big mouth love veep the good place Broad city and marin along with writing for a ton of great shows too like bajillion dollar properties girl show children's hospital and the eric andre show please welcome seth morris welcome Thanks for having me. How are you? Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. I'm okay. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm tired. I have a three-year-old, and uh, he, you know, runs me into the ground every day. But he's—I uh, can't promise he won't run up and interrupt us. He's just finished bath time, and like I'm—I'm—I've been pretty much full-time dad duty. Yeah. Um. So I'm always, you know, wiped out. But it's—it's it's the best kind of tired, really. And uh, it's a kind of a weird balmy uh day in in la here where it's been overcast but kind of hot and um and it's finally kind of kind of cooled down a bit i'm up in our little little upstairs with a nice cross breeze going yeah it seems like um the balmy we well, not the balmy days but the overcast days are like a nice in california kind of a nice respite oh man from it all you know oh, like yeah. I, I remember seeing i see a lot of people when they post about that it's overcast or like, this is heaven. Like, oh, such yeah. a nice day, especially during summer, I suppose. Well, the funny thing is in LA, I mean, I, I lived in New York, so I, I've, I know some cold, but I, I grew up in Northern California, which is, it definitely gets, it, it gets cold there, um, but not, you know, not snowing and everything. But in, in LA, when it gets a little bit cold, people love to put on their winter gear, you know, they love <laughs> yeah. to put on their hats and their scarves. And it's not so much that they're cold, but it's also like I never get to wear this stuff, and you know it's really funny to see all the all the all the fancy gear come out, which I'm sure I do too. But yeah, it's uh, but today was like it was it was hot, you know, hot and cold. Like you you, you step out of the house in pants, and then you're sweating, and then it's uh, it's like one of those. But definitely, it's it's usually so hot that it's it, it wears its wears its welcome. So any little any little dip is so so nice yeah i could see that you know like uh you don't get much uh i would imagine much opportunities for like sweater weather so when you're all wearing more or less the same type of same type of thing every you know all year Mm -hmm. it's like yeah make a real day of it (laughs) totally yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's funny like because because my my wife is from uh vermont so that you know gets real cold there and we we often go for Christmas, and I kind of get excited because I get to wear, you know, get to wear my real gear, my real jackets and boots and everything. I've never been to Vermont, and Vermont is a, is a state where it's like more of a concept than a reality to me, because I just haven't been, you know, it's like, yeah. I know more about Maine than I do Vermont, which I don't know if that says more about me than anything else, but when I imagine Vermont, the first thing that comes to mind is a lot of greenery. Well, you know, I think that's true. I've only been in the winter, but it is oh, okay. It is supposedly ridiculously verdant and and gorgeous. And I don't think Maine and Vermont are all that different. They might get mad if I say that, but you know, it's like <laughs> yeah. kind of like quaint New Englandy. And then, like everywhere, I haven't experienced this as much. But my wife told me it's like Vermont is very much, you know, the the initial stereotype might be like kind of hippies, Jerry, uh, what's that called? Ben and Jerry's yeah, fish, okay. but yeah. it's also very rednecky. You know, it's like, 
she grew up near uh, a quarry. It was like a quarry town that it was no longer in use, but it's like that, you know, it's, it's like kind of rough around the edges, a lot of, it's very Trumpy in her area and stuff like that. So it's like, it's a mix of everything. Um, yeah, that sounds like a real, a real melting pot. I mean, you, you, Trumpy, redneck, abandoned quarries. Yeah. Greenery. Right? Yeah. It's yeah, perfect, it covers all the bases. Too. <laughs> <laughs> you were saying that you were, you've been acting like, you know, as a full, like a full-time dad through all this, were you keeping, like, for the most part, I guess, depending on when it was during all of this with some of the ebbs and flows of it all, but were you staying housebound or were you able to go out and make a day of it as much as you can? Um, it's all kind of scary. Yeah, we, you know, in the early days, we, we just stayed, you know, we'd go on walks and we had a yard. Uh, we, we, we moved during the pandemic. Ooh. Um we had a we had a yard, so we did a lot of that. And luckily, my son was he just turned three, so like, you know, he he didn't have a ton of reference for what the world was supposed to be like. Yeah. Um, and he kind of had just started to go to playgrounds when when the pandemic hit, so it wasn't it wasn't so drilled into him that he threw a fit that he couldn't go. Um, but yeah, we did a lot of just neighborhood walks and hanging out at home. Especially for that, gosh, I don't even know what it was. The first eight months, year, who knows what it was. And then, um, uh, and then we also had some friends who were in our pod, which you know what a pod is, right? Just a group of people, yeah, kind of quarantining yeah. together, yeah, right. Um, who had the same? Uh, uh, they have a daughter about the same age as our son, and so we got to we hung out with them a lot. So oh, they. Awesome. They, you know, they sort of, they didn't miss out in that regard. Like they got, they got to, ha- you know, have friend time. Uh, and then we moved and, um, and, and we have a nice yard in this, in our new house. And, and it's also the, the, the area we moved to is, um, it's just really chill and quiet and big wide streets. So you could go for walks and go to like, you know, we didn't go to playgrounds, but we'd go to the, 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 the lawn at the high school and do all that kind of stuff. So it, it didn't, it wasn't too bad. He, he sort of, I think, I think he was at the perfect age actually to have, if you have to go through a pandemic. Cause like I said, he get, he gets to spend a ton of time with his parents and he didn't have a reference point for what the world was like beforehand. Yeah. So, and, and he's, he won't remember much of this. I don't think, um, I, I, I would have been more stressed out and bummed i think if if i had an older kid who you know all of a sudden had had to wear masks and couldn't couldn't go to playgrounds and couldn't go to school and couldn't you know all these stuff um so so in that regard it was it wasn't too bad but you know in those early days it was yeah it's weird to just sort of like just be with the family i think a lot of people had this thing of like it, it really felt when you, when you let your mind run, it felt post-apocalyptic of like, okay, this is our little tribe and we're just going to try to survive going through this thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to make a big deal out of it is we had it, you know, we're very lucky and my wife has a, has a, had a good, has a great job, could work from home. And, and it worked out that I could, you know, was an out of work actor so that I could take care of him. Um, but it definitely felt like, oh, this is, uh, the, the, the big bad worlds out there and we're 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 huddled here together in our little you know our little nook 
Well, yeah, but I know exactly what you mean because when it started out, we just didn't know. Like it was. Oh yeah. It just seems it seems so adorable in its own way now to be like, oh, six weeks and it's over, and hey, we're gonna make a right. thing out of it. And it's like you're camping or yeah. something, like streaming or whatever, you know, like yeah, yeah. like oh, we all we're on together, ha 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 ha. Yeah. And then everything happened and it kept going, and now we're. I guess I don't know whether it constitutes another wave. I would assume so, but yeah, this is another wave. Yeah, that's sure. what it seems like. I just don't know what the, I guess the yeah compared to, to what I know the exact what definition. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Is. But you know, and then today I read that they canceled Bonnaroo, and then it was like, oh no, it was because of a hurricane flooding. So I was like, oh, that's another existential crisis <laughs> of its <laughs> totally. own. Perfect. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah, it's funny. I have a friend who he was doing a podcast. You know how it's like. Some people will bank podcast episodes, so they'll like record, you know, five episodes in a row, yeah. and they're going to be spaced out over the coming weeks and months. And it was like maybe one weekend, or just just as just I think it was before a lockdown. But um, my friend on air said something about like, uh, oh, you mentioned COVID or something, and and the host is like, oh well, don't this this is going to come out later, so don't mention that. He was like, dude, this is. <laughs> That's not going to be a problem. This is with us for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, yeah. Like I wish there was that line of line of demarcation, you yeah. know. Because uh, and I, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I, I was like, I guess what we're aiming for is this to just be like the flu, you know? Like it's a th- well, eventually, not, right? Like right? You know, it's just that it's not or chicken going pox away. Or... It's just manageable, or it's more of a yeah, you know, a temporary inconvenience that we just go about our lives once. Where it goes in and out of our system, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I want that optimism. That's all. You know, that's all I'll take. I well, know. yeah, I, I'm. I'm sure it'll. It's going to. I, I mean, I keep thinking about it through through my son, and there, there's definitely going to be things that he, you know, the world before and after. But at some point, he'll experience the world more or less as I did. Of you know, yeah, being in hope, you know, being wherever in crowds, one form or another. I hope he gets. To, go to movies um i hope those are still a thing but um that's a whole other crisis at this point. yeah yeah Yeah. but i mean it'll be you know like we went to i was in philadelphia i don't know a couple years ago and they had that big uh the spanish flu there and i remember reading we're at i was at a museum in philadelphia and they had a whole thing about the spanish flu um and you know just how devastating that was and and that was the reality there. And it just wiped out way more people, of course. Um, I think, I think I have that right. Uh, yeah, I think it was a significant portion of the population and, and it, and it lasted much longer. Um, and, and, you know, the world, the world got back, the world got back to to what, to what it was. And, and now like, I'm sure, I don't know the, 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 the exact science, but, Spanish influenza, it must still exist somehow, but it just doesn't, you know, wipe you out the way it did. I'd say the bubonic plague still technically exists, so. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, Which I had I had chicken pox when I was a kid. I can remember having chicken pox. I did, too. And, I, you know, I guess it's become a thing where people do chicken pox parties to. Yeah. Which I, which I, I've heard, like, the good and bad of that is, like, yeah, sure, you can control whether they get it, but then again, they wouldn't necessarily get it, and then eventually that could become right. shingles when you're an adult. So, right, I guess, right. Uh, you know what, it, chicken pox parties, not perfect. Right. I guess it's our conclusion. Yeah. 
Well, they have uh, they have they have random COVID parties. They just don't know that that's what they are. You know? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, they have Sturgis and fucking Bonnaroo or whatever the hell you know, like spring break. Those are all COVID parties, but they just don't call them that. Yeah, every Republican gathering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like uh, yeah the the unofficial like new popular thing are COVID parties, mm-hmm. and it's spring break, probably spring break next year. Who's to say? Yep. But yep. any any anything in Florida, period. Yeah. At this point. Good <laughs> lord. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh it's yeah, I mean I don't I, I my my question is like I know this will pass, but are we in an era now where there will be other ones of these things, you know, like the other as as the world gets smaller and we go further into, you know, places that were unpopulated and you know oh, yeah. that 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 there's going to be a different kind of pandemic within our lifetime because this is clearly, hopefully, it's a once in a lifetime. So far, it's a once in a lifetime thing for for us. Um, but is it you know is it sort of like climate disasters where it's like okay, this is the era that we're in now where we're going to have you know are are people are you going to throw away your masks in two years and just assume oh we don't need these anymore. I remember I kept I like when things first started going down. Some some restaurant had a kind of pretty cool uh, designed poster that said "Wash your hands," and uh, and I kept it thinking like, "Oh, that'll that's that'll be that'll be like a um, keep calm and carry on, yeah, kind of souvenir." And I hope that's true. You know, um, I, I hope so. I, I think I think to your point, like I wanted to go away because it can go away, as opposed to the covid fatigue of it all yeah and that's just and the normalization of like this is just life now and it just becomes that because that was always my fear is that you know we just don't have the discipline of other countries you know like right. <laughs> like australia i mean like literally and i and i say this like marveling at it but it should just be the way it is but and granted they have different logistics compared with our country but they're just like literally like Three cases. We are shutting down Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's an very island. Impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, I think about like during World War II, you didn't have a choice in the United States of whether or not you, you painted over your headlights. You don't have a choice of, you know, certain things. Cause it was like, what are you talking about? The fucking, the world's at war. You don't get to sort of <laughs> yeah. have this, this choice to, you know, that's as a society. That's where we say like, okay, we've come together as a collective and, you know, our individual rights and here in these times of crisis. And, you know, it's like, God bless. I get it. America, we fucking love freedom. We, nobody likes to be told what to do, but you know, at a certain point, it's just like, who are you, who are you screwing over? But whatever. I mean, this has all been <laughs> no, nothing but, new. Um, no, but I, I know what you mean though. Like it's, uh, I don't know. I, again and this is not in any way a revelatory thought but i like i'm just like people know too much you know like yeah. they say like uh what or like with the the tribes of the world like you you know in theory you're only your brain's only built to really yeah like have met 200 people something right. you know something like that and this is all just too much and now information is not bound by geography right we just know everything we could want to know and it's just overwhelming and it's kind of addictive yeah, and it's not bound by the truth either. It's just, you know, you true. can have enough of whatever true whatever theory 
to make it seem like it's true. And, and you can surround yourself with enough people that say it's also true. And then that's just how you see the world, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm old enough to remember when the internet started coming out and somebody was talking about the web and what is the inter- internet. And it's like the human brain and people are talking, you know, it's almost like a, like a, a, an outward manifestation of the human brain and we're connected in all these different ways. And, and, and I remember one of the, the ways that they said it could possibly be bad is, you know, on the one hand, everybody has access to information. So it's very democratic. But on the other hand, everybody has access to information (laughs) and it's dangerous because it's not, it's not, you know, regulated at all. So we're, we're living in an era where, you know, people don't like smart people, really. They don't like intellectuals. They don't like being told what to do. And, And in a lot of that, I get, there's a whole sort of class of bookworms who sort of to try to tell tell working people what to do yeah and and i i i understand and and agree at some sometimes with like what the fuck are you talking you don't know what it's like to live in my shoes you know but but when you can't even decide that that blue is blue or that the sun comes up in the morning and goes down at night it's like yeah it's real it's it's dangerous you know yeah it's like um yeah to your point like everything everything within reason or uh you know too much of anything is not good mm-hmm. and and also like you know like the internet can be such a hub for confirmation bias and it feels good to be right or to feel right but yeah. you need other you need other opinions other thoughts because chances are you are and by chances are I mean 100% chance you are not 100% right about everything because yeah. I know for me that I just have I will think something out vet it and like really think it and then I go to talk to somebody about it. They say one sentence and I realize, oh, all that was, I was full of shit. That was yeah. all completely wrong. And it's like, of course I was. Because yeah. it was only me inflating my own ego. And I, you know, on that same notion, same same topic kind of, I, I, I'm i like so easily, not about necessarily about big things, but I can like, let's say there's a movie that I that I didn't like. And I talked to somebody who was like, I didn't see, I didn't like this. I didn't, this was boring. And they could go, well, see, I saw it this way where blah, 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 blah. I go, yeah, you're right. That was a good movie. You know, like, <laughs> I know too. I can very, I can be very susceptible to that to where like, I'm like, yeah. And I, and I even have my reasons and they, yeah, to your point, like they say two things and I'm like, that changes everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's, it's nuts. Um, Here's a, a broad question but has uh has comedy always been a big part of your life oh totally yeah yeah definitely what Um, were some of your earlier points of reference oh man i mean you know oh gosh i loved i loved well i always loved being silly and joking around and entertaining um my parents are both funny so like you know being funny was always kind of a thing in our family and the, uh, uh, you know, three stooges, uh, Shirley temple, Abbott Costello. Yeah. Aside from cartoons, it was just, it, that was always, that was always my thing, you know, for sure. It was like, there's like kids that, uh, I liked sports, you know, maybe as much as you're supposed to, but I, I loved, I just always loved comedy, you know, staying up late to listen to um, 
the comedian on Johnny Carson or, or to listen to, uh, to SNL, meaning like I would kind of sneak down and put my, put my ear to the, to, to, to where the TV was coming from. Um, and you know, it was just sort of like, who knows what that initial, uh, endorphin rush was of making people laugh, but it was, uh, it was always, it was always my thing for sure. Yeah. 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 It, it feels good. It feels good to laugh and to make people laugh. It's really hard to be. And, um, and to your point about like, especially those points of reference, like I, I've always felt like that in life, you know, as much as you can, if you can maintain your silliness, Mm -hmm. that, that's a that's a big component to to being okay in this scheme of all things. Yeah, yeah. But it's easier said than done, especially with all this. But if you can do that, then I think you're doing okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you know, it's like not not to make too general a statement, but comedians and funny people that that's you know that's just that's like how I process the world, and a lot of times it 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 comes out as kind of dark humor, fucked up stuff. That's just, but it's just, that's just how it filters through me, you know? And, yeah. and, you know, some people are more logical than others. Some people are more sort of spiritual than others. Some people, but that, this is just, it's just, that's, that's the little, you know, like Plato star it, that, it, yeah. that it gets pushed through for me and, and for better or worse, you know, sometimes it's, to avoid being serious or to avoid your own feelings or, but, but that's just how it is. It's like, that's how, that's how I, we figure things out. And, you know, not, not to go down this road too much, but with the whole sort of political correctness thing and comedians get in trouble for saying things and ideas and this and that, I, I definitely, you know, I think I'm, I'm glad things are changing. I think it's, it's, it's really good. It's, it's frustrating, of course, to try to have to relearn your language and it's, it's mm. necessary, but it's frustrating, and you know, teaching an old dog new tricks. But I also don't, I kind of give in general people a pass, not for their actions, but for words, because it's just like, well, that's how they're figuring it out, you know? Yeah. That's yeah, I, the way that they are doing it. You know, I, I mean, just speak for myself, like broadly again, but, you know, I can read about a thing and I can... And I can have the theory of it all day long, mm-hmm. but I don't really fully learn anything until I do it. Yeah. And I especially don't really fully learn anything until I do it wrong and then correct that. Mm-hmm. So to your yeah. point, like getting some bit of a, not even necessarily the widest birth, but some form of a birth to, especially when you're a person with some level of some semblance of visibility mm-hmm. to where you're, you're learning in public. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that cannot be easy because sometimes it can be just difficult to learn a thing in your life, let alone have to do it with some semblance of visibility and an audience yeah. involved. But, you know, I, I guess to your point, too, that there is a threshold at which somebody gets so popular that some people are just looking for any little opening yeah. to take them down. And then on top of that, they get a thing which, again, takes some, you know, emotional maturity or emotional intelligence to be able to realize that was a mess up and allow them to have that correction. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, as, as fucked up and annoying as things are, I I sort of feel like, Oh, it's all happening how it should, or, you know, as not as it's meant, meant to be, I don't really believe in that, but it's like, 
it's all going to sort itself out. We live in a pretty hysterical time, you know. Yeah. Um, and the the just even the fact that like you know with all we're talking about environmental stuff and pandemics, it's almost the, these things are this these social issues are important, but it's almost silly that we have the time to pick apart like the certain words or phrases or tones that people use when it's like the planet's fucking burning. Like we're dying. It's an ashtray and we're, you know, we're, we're parsing these things, but again, it's important. It's, it's like, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's frustrating, but ultimately good. I just don't like the idea that somebody could be, um, um, that there's not that sort of understanding of like, look at, we're all, naked apes figuring this out <laughs> let's yeah. give each yeah. other let's give each yeah. other a break here we're um, all barely evolved animals allow yeah. us allow us to, to fuck up totally regardless of whether it's in you know in present in person or not like yeah you know i i think uh we could all do to employ more empathy yeah 100 percent. yeah i agree i agree and yeah that 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 doesn't just mean you know people that are that are clearly Having, you know, it's it's sort of like, I would say it's easier in your head to be em- empathetic for, let's say, somebody that's homeless or somebody that's visibly, but like to be empathetic for somebody that's kind of your adversary in whatever form, that's much harder. Um, it takes a lot. It can take a lot of work to really try to see somebody else's perspective. But honestly, in my mind, the fact that I have to work harder kind of tells me that I need to do it. You sure. Know? Yeah. You know, if if anything, because it's like if it's easy, then then there's less urgency to do it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. I wanted to ask you too that uh, what we talked about earlier, or previous to recording, about auditioning through all this, and you would say that yeah, that at a certain point that everything was just industry wise was just shut down. But you said that it's starting to come back now. Mm-hmm. How long have you been auditioning remotely? I guess is my question. Um, gosh, I mean, it's tough to remember what, when things started, but, uh, last, the last year, eight, you know, yeah, around. Do you prefer that to the, to the trip, the traveling and the in-person, I guess? In most ways I do. In most ways I do. You know, sometimes for certain things, it would be nice to, if you have the casting director there to sort of steer you in the right direction. Yeah. Um, but. I was at a point where, you know, just psychologically auditions were so draining and so tough that I, I, I was not putting my best foot forward anyway because I was just like, what is going on here? You know, you you audition like I, I just I've, I've worked and I'm, you know, I'm very this is this, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not necessarily complaining because this is the, the life of a, of a working actor, but sure. like. I, I got my first job from an audition in probably two or three years the other day. Now I've worked, oh, wow. but not, not from an audition. And I've probably auditioned, man, I bet, I mean, to who, how, who knows how many hundreds of time. Um, so it's like, you know, it, it just, it just, it gets old. You, you, you drive out, you could, you could drive for like an hour and a half in traffic. You wait for 20 minutes in the lobby and then you go in for two minutes to the audition and then you get back in your car and you go and do it again. And it's just like, it just feels so 
it starts to feel so surreal of like, what is this for? What is the <laughs> cause and effect of it? I, I, I'm, you know, like it, so in that regard, I kind of enjoyed the break when things shut down. It's like, you know, when there's, when you, when you're not allowed to do anything because nobody's allowed to do anything, it's kind of a nice excuse to, you know, to just step back and, and take yourself completely out of it. Cause you know, like I think acting is maybe just a, condensed version of a lot of people's more maybe in some ways more intense version where you're just you're wrapped up in your own thing you know it's, yeah. it's a very sort of selfish pursuit in that way because you're the thing you know you're the product you're the and like you said everybody's watching you do it in real time out loud and you know it's like there's been there's applying for jobs is is stressful anyway but sure. when you when you are applying for your job in person and basically doing, you know, let's say your monologue is your resume in front of people, <laughs> you get one shot. You know what I mean? You don't get to. You don't There's not an opportunity for the the point is to not fail. Right. Right. So so like right. Yeah, and it's like you. There is a line of demarcation of yeah. This is when you do it. You have to get it perfectly, and also you have to do it in a way that we can't communicate the right way. We just know it when we see it. Yeah. 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 And yeah. Yeah. I mean, nobody, nobody really likes to hear too much about, you know, actors poo hoo because when it's great, it's the best thing in the world, but it's, you know, it's tough. So, so it was nice to have that break. And, and the, the thing with, yeah, with auditioning remotely is you just have a little bit more control over things, you know, that that's, it's, it's easy for your life to feel like you have no agency over your life when you're kind yeah. of, just in the in the grind of of it and um you know so that in that way i like it better you know what i miss is i i miss seeing people at auditions seeing friends that that's fun you just kind of like there's people you only see at auditions or sometimes you see friends that you normally see but you see them in an audition it's just that that part of it is cool and maybe you're like oh let's go grab a coffee or whatever it is um that part of it that part of it i like and you know, if if it's a great casting director, they'll help you read in a way that um, that that a, a mediocre casting director won't. So I miss that. But you know, I, I I'm not I'm not super looking forward to driving to Santa Monica at 4 p.m. on a Friday. Yeah, you that's know? what I was wondering too. To your point, I was like, I was wondering if if they if that would go fully back to the way it was. I don't know because they got to be saving so much money on renting space and doing that whole. I'm curious about that. Like, I would think that that's right. I would think that that if any if anything was like the reason they wouldn't do it is that there's so much less overhead. Yeah, totally. And if you don't even have to pay a casting director, you know, because right now, what who whether they're 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 good at or bad at it, casting directors are basically just getting paid to forward sides to you. You know, they're helping choose you. I I, I don't want to sure. take that for granted. It's not like they send it to a million people, but, but um, they have less control over the process, right? Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah. I mean, you know, maybe there'll be a time when they'll be, they'll be on it with you live, which would be kind of nice. So you'd still mm-hmm. have a scheduled time and which I'm sort of surprised they don't do more of that actually. Cause the only times that I've auditioned, I usually send in a tape 
But for commercials, it's live with a casting director and then with a director for callbacks and stuff. Um, but for the, for the other, other, for TV shows and movies, it's always been, you know, you just send in a tape. Um, and that's, who knows, maybe that's that the, the practicality of that is they can audition more people if you're, if you're putting yourself on tape on, in all different time zones. So it's maybe not practical for them to, you know, have a, have a session, uh, uh, live for, for people. But yeah, I, I wonder that sometimes our casting directors, sweating this this new era because you know it could be argued that it's making them less um important um yeah and i can that's why in a weird way I could, that's almost why i could see it going back to exactly the way it was to reestablish that control yeah over the process mm-hmm. as much as it's inconvenient just as inconvenient for them as everybody else too i, would, I would yeah. think yeah well yeah i guess i don't know i don't think it's as inconvenient for that for the casting directors um, yeah, I'm I'm just projecting a lot yeah. on my end. I have no idea about <laughs> any of this. But um I do want to ask you too about uh your character Bob Duku, which I think is has brought me endless joy over the years. It's, oh, thank you. I have said hot tub foot to myself <laughs> many, many times. Nice. Um, more than I ever expected to. But yeah, you're it's the for anybody who doesn't know, Bob Duku is like an oft ailing older gentleman who in the lore of C B B anyway was Scott Ackerman's stepfather for seven months, uh, and it's unbelievable. And, but I was always curious, though, because I don't think that I've heard this on a podcast. But what was like the the basis for Bob Duke, or where did the the character idea come from? There's there's a couple of things. So so I've always just thought that like you know neck braces and canes and all those things were funny. So that yes. that was one ingredient. Um, I um, I always thought that like in my sort of improv or comedy wheelhouse was always like the divorced dad or the divorced guy. I used to work in coffee shops a lot in, in Northern California and there'd be a lot of like kind of hip divorced dads kind of hanging out, um, you know, with, with a sit down bike, like that kind of vibe. And, <laughs> and that always, I always thought that was kind of funny and tragic and, um, and the oh and then the other part of it was like just doing doing the voice like rob hubel and i would you, you know who that is yeah um rob hubel and i would just be on hikes and kind of kind of do, do this kind of voice and talk about our ex-wives and stuff like that <laughs> and um and then i was i was working in michigan and driving around listening to like sports radio and some guy said the name hey here's bab duca and he he didn't say it in the, but i just for i I, for some reason, that just made me laugh so fucking hard. That name, Bab Duca, and I was laughing say, over and over, <laughs> just in traffic, going Bab Duca, Bab Duca. Um, and so, you know, it just kind of came together uh, it, it, that way. The, the the voices, the this, the that, and then you know, the deeper, the deeper parts of it is like I've been depressed or dealt with depression my whole life, and th- thinking like feeling sorry for myself in different ways and at different times being, I'm not a hypochondriac, but you know, having that, there's like an inner sad sack to me that, that uh, got to come out through that. Um, And so those kind of things were were kind of all filtered through. And I started doing that character at um, UCB. It might've even been at, 
uh, it might have been Scott Ackerman's show when he did the stage show. I I, I actually can't remember. But anyway, he's, oh, Comedy he, Death Ray, right? Yeah, yeah. He saw it and said, "Oh, you sh- you know, you should do that on the on the podcast." Um, and um, yeah, and and then I've always he Bob Uka does lists, and I've always just for that uh, just always seemed funny to me. Um, you know, wordplay and lists. A lot of it's just really stupid puns, but c- committed <laughs> to very hard. Um, Parky, Parker Posey Pox. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Uh, uh, so parallel Parkinson's, um, you know, like it's, yeah. So, so, and I, I, my, my theory is like people relate to it cause everybody's got an inner sad sack and, um, it's hopefully, you know, hits that little, yeah, uh, uh that little, that little button in, in them. Um, and you know, you, you, I think most, I think everybody pretty much understands that I'm, that I, that it's not mean, you know, like I, I'll, I'll, whatever, a p- parallel Parkinson's, you know, somebody could get upset, but it's like, my mom has Parkinson's and I just, she thinks that's hilarious. Um, well, and to your, it's at a certain point, something is so silly. It's like, how, how could you yeah. realistically be mad at that? Especially when nothing's done in some kind of like snide or w- even yeah. winky way. Yeah. I've had like one, you know, the, one of the greatest compliments is, is somebody, Somebody emailed me saying, you know, and this person had a ton of disabilities, was like born without an arm and, you know, like had a lot of like physical ailments and she loved Bob Duca, thought it was hilarious. And that was, that's great. That's, that's exactly what you want. You know, like (laughs) you don't want it to, to, to be making, you know what, you know, I, I think there's definitely a place for angry comedy, but you want to, you know, obviously punch up and not be punch, punch down and um, make people feel bad that don't deserve it. No, absolutely. Like it's, it's the, the, <laughs> that's the antithesis of the point. Right. It's to bring joy, not to bring despair. Right. If anything, it's a respite from the despair, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay. We're coming up against when I, the 40 ish minutes I promised you. But uh, last thing I do want to ask you is, I know, I mean, you were more or less doing a, remo- a remote uh, improv show kind of throughout. I think April was maybe the first mm-hmm. one for Bright Comedy, Bright Side Comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, how was it adjusting to the remoteness of improv? Um, you know, I think because because we were doing character bits, it was not that different. Um, okay. So, so, and I think it would have been much harder. It's it would have been much harder to be a stand-up doing your jokes to an audience. It's either a has their sound on and you have that horrible zoom cacophony or their sound off and maybe they're showing, you know, clapping emojis because with this, um, with, with brighter, it was, it was about funny people kind of make, trying to make each other laugh. You know, there, there's like when you're doing a scene with somebody, you're also kind of trying to entertain them. Um, especially if you're buddies with them. And so it was, it wasn't that tough. Um, I think we, we, we had it, we had it good in that regard. And that it just, that, that particular, um, form was very accommodating to, to, to that kind of comedy. Um, so, you know, you, you do it and you have fun and you hope people are enjoying it. Um, the only, the only real difference would have been, obviously, if, if you're doing it live and you hear people laugh, it might steer you in one direction or another or yeah. alter your timing a tiny bit. But, like, 
for the most part, it's like, it's just like doing bits. It's a lot like doing a podcast, you know, doing a, a doing a character or doing bits on a podcast. Okay. That makes sense. When, when were you able to uh, go back to doing it live? I know you did a recent show. Yeah, we just did a show. We did an improv show last week and it was fantastic. It was, it was really fun. The, the, you know, I, 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 it, I was worried that we were all going to be rusty and yeah. I think we did it. I think we did a very capable job and the audience was fantastic. Um, so, you know, and I felt, it felt safe. It was the audience has to, it was at Largo. Um, the audience has to be vaccinated and they wear masks. So it felt safe. Um, and, uh, man, it was, it, it felt really good. It was cool. So hopefully, hopefully we'll do more of that. I, I, you know, I don't, I wouldn't, not that I would have this opportunity, but like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel safe going on tour or doing anything like that. But the, these kind of shows were, were great. I hope to, hopefully I get to do more of them. Yeah. I, to your point, like I couldn't imagine. Are you still there? Oh, I'm here. Can you hear me? Can you hear yeah, me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Yeah. Well, to your point, like I couldn't imagine going on tour right now, uh, just with the uncertainty from state to state. But at least, to your point, you can have some semblance of like control locally mm-hmm. and know what people are going to do. So, yeah, to find that that middle ground, yeah. to not touring or doing that, but also to be able to do something live because to feel that audience, I can't imagine the the rush of adrenaline of that. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty great. That's what I mean, man. When it's good, it's the best in the world. <laughs> it's uh, I feel very fortunate. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. We're at the 42-ish minute mark. Uh, what all, if anything, do you want to point people toward before we wrap it up? Uh, let's see. When's this coming out? This will come out a week uh, from next Monday. Um, I guess I'll put it. I don't, I'm not great about posting things, but my, my uh, Instagram is Seth is Morris. I have stuff on there from time to time. Um, keep your eyes out. I am going to be doing a Bob Duca thing for um, Scott Ackerman is starting a Patreon. I don't know specifically when that is, but if you follow him on Instagram, you know, okay. he'll have info. And cool. then at some point in the future, there will be a, a Bob Duca special on there. And um, I'm on a show called The Big Leap on Fox. I have, I have a small little fun part um, that's on Friday nights on, on Fox and it's premiere September 20th. Awesome. And then just while I have the opportunity, I'll, I'll promote my friend's podcast. John Ross Bowie has a great podcast called household faces where it's, he's a character actor interviewing other character actors. So it's like, it's a neat conversation just about how that end of the business works and what it's like, but it's not, it's not so inside baseball that you wouldn't um, appreciate it. So it's just one some great interviews on there. Yeah. Great man. show. It's great. It's really it's good. really great. Yeah, I love character actors, so it's right up my alley. Yeah, thank you for doing this. You this bet. Great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you all for listening. Please take care. Please stay safe. Please get vaccinated if you're not. Please wear a mask if you if you are. And uh, you know, be kind to yourself. Be kind to everybody else. And take care. Bye. Bye.